for centuries. We've been warned about the little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Prepare for the attack of the android. What's up, guys? It is Thursday, April 23rd, 2015. This is Attack of the Androids, number 155. I'm Eric Finkenbeiner. Joining me tonight is Nick Carroll, also known as at Nick from Houston. What's going on, Nick? Hey, uh, not much. Glad to be back for the podcast. Didn't want to miss another week in a row, so <laughs> we're, we're on. <laughs> no, totally not going to do that. There's too much to talk about. Too much stuff has happened in the past two weeks to skip. Uh, I think most notably, um, maybe doesn't affect a majority of people, uh, but it's, it's like a huge, you know, Google story is that they've, uh, they've launched that, that wireless, uh, phone service that they've been, you know, hinting at or that people have been talking about. It's been rumored uh, and it's called Google Fi or Project Fi. Yeah. They, they got to start everything with the, the word project. Apple has their I, this, I, that. Google has their project this and project that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's very it's very special. I guess it, it's a very googly way of of doing this. Um, the uh, I you know sort of the idea here is that they're going to be using um, they're going to be using T-Mobile uh, Spectrum, yeah. um, and and uh, some of Sprint Spectrum as well. They're actually teaming up with T-Mobile and Sprint to do this, which is kind of weird. So they're going to have their own little SIM card and. You know, it's right now the only phone that that's potentially usable at the well that is usable uh, or will be when when it goes live is uh, the Nexus Six because of all the bands that it supports, and uh, you'll have a special Project Five SIM card that you'll put in it and, and allow you to sign into both T-Mobile and Sprint's network. And uh, the service, the key feature about the service is it'll always connect you to the strongest signal at any time, so you can use. T-Mobile or Sprint's network, or you can switch to your own Wi-Fi network. It'll automatically do it, you know, based on what is uh, the strongest. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a little, you know, Republic Wireless, yes. you know, sort of idea. But the big difference is that it doesn't require. Um, I mean, well, it does require a special phone, but I mean, you can take this Nexus Six. It's just an unlocked Nexus Six. Yeah. You don't, and you don't even have to order it with the Project Fi program. Like if you have one, you yeah. can go, you can look at the coverage map, and you can request an invite. Yeah. Now, Nick, you don't have a Nexus 6. Have you still requested an invite? I was this this close, but uh, I didn't. The interesting thing about the services, while it does require a Nexus 6, like in terms of that's the only phone right now, technically that supports it, that uh, you know that can use all, all the, uh, the networks at once, but... Uh, you can also expand this to any other device you have, like a tablet, another phone, a computer, a notebook. You know, you can use these uh, different uh, devices as long as you have Hangouts installed. So that's something that's interesting. But as far as uh, something they can use the cellular networks as well, that's not where, where you need a Nexus 6. Well, I'll tell you what. I have the Moto X 2014, which we know is, you know, just mini Nexus 6. So I requested an invite. Screw oh, yeah. it. Cool. I mean, I... If the innards are the same, you know, maybe at the very least, I I just need to get like some, you know, root the phone again, get some spoofing program that tells the network that I'm a Nexus <laughs> Six. 
Yeah. Um, and then maybe we'll be okay. Like I'm hoping it's something very simple as opposed to like them checking IMEI numbers and uh, things like that. Um, but I mean, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Um, is it everything that you hoped for given all the rumors? <laughs> Well, uh, some of the first rumors that I heard was it's just a wireless-only service, and you can only get it on the Nexus 6, which I called bullshit on, basically, because it, it didn't sound logical. But it basically allows you to use two of the four biggest cellular networks out there in combination with your wireless, and it's supposed to seamlessly transfer through it. But it's an extremely simple kind of plan. It's basically one prepaid, prepaid plan only. Uh, it's got one worldwide rate. Basically, it's $20 a month. That's like the fee for the service. And then it's 10 gigabytes, uh, $10 per gigabyte of data um, for per gigabyte. So $10 per gigabyte. So it's roughly one penny per megabyte of cellular data, you know, whichever one that you use. So, Oh, I didn't realize that there was a monthly fee. I thought it was just the 10 10 for well, gigabytes and that's it. It's the it's a prepaid service and it's the $20 monthly fee but they do have a separate data fee. So, one moment. Let me let me uh, move my cat out of my room. Again, not a euphemism. There's an actual cat. If you're not watching the video, this is I mean this is happening live. This is uh these are the things that happen. Well, I will say, yeah, you know, next right. This is uh this is BS. 20 bucks a month. I was really hoping it was just going to be the $10. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. But that's the thing. It's it's not necessarily priced to beat every possible prepaid plan. There are other prepaid plans you can get for cheaper over time. But the key thing about this is, A, is it's simplicity, and B, that you can use two cellular networks at the same time, kind of like what Republic, Republic Wireless does, as well as your Wi-Fi. So. Well, I mean, come on. Like, we, we all... Should Google's getting all like if you do this, yeah. Like Google is getting all of your oh, data, yeah. like everything. You you've hooked the pipeline, and they're just sucking it all down. Like, could they? Couldn't this be free? Maybe so, but I mean, ultimately, Google is not a a charity or a, a non profit organization, so they're they're going to try to make money somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to start charging the the viewers. No, but just anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, they could probably still make money and not charge for the service. But, I mean, this, the providers like T-Mobile and Sprint, they're not going to do this for free either. <laughs> if you're going to use their network, they're still going to charge you. So that's probably how Google has to operate to get it done. So Yeah, it's just I, you know. I like the idea. I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty neat. Um, I was just back in the States. Uh, well, actually, it was about a year ago. Um, and I had a T-Mobile SIM. It was okay. Like, I for the price, like, that was the main thing. The price was the driver yeah. as to why I went, you know, and also the, the temporary nature of me being there. I yeah. picked up a T-Mobile SIM. Um, yeah. Well, it's I, also I, available. I do this. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's also available in a lot of countries. They say it will be a- available in over 120 countries, particularly because like the Nexus 6 in particular, it has support for all these networks that it can, that it can uh, use. Um, also when it comes to like, you know, the, the data plan rolls over essentially. So like if you only use half a gig in, in a month, that rest of the, the remainder essentially travels over to the next month. And that, that adds up. It's not like it travels to the next month and then is cut off. It's, it all adds up or, or whatever. And also 
um, if you go over, but you haven't paid for it since you're going month to month, it'll carry over to your next bill. So there's a couple of dynamics there that are pretty, pretty decent. They're trying to focus a lot on simplicity and that's, that's a huge selling point on it. Yeah. So I looked at the, um, I looked at the international rates. Um, it's, you're right. I mean, it's, it, there are 120 countries where you get uh, international data without roaming fees, yeah, uh, yeah. which is amazing. Um, if you want to call or text, though, you're looking at about 20 cents a minute for most of these places, unless you're on Wi-Fi. I'm not an international man of mystery like you. Is that normal <laughs> for traveling? Is Are those rates about typical in your experience? I, honestly, I don't know. I, you know, the... When, when, when you travel, typically the best thing to do, unless you have a, honestly, like a business or like a family emergency need to have the exact same phone number, um, you just go out and you get a local SIM card. In most places, they're very cheap. Um, I look at this though and think, I, you know, with a gigabyte of data and the ability to get the, the, without roaming fees, this might, I, I, I may do this and if it works on my phone, use it to replace my local phone. Yeah. Um, cause I, I don't use the regular phone. You know, I have a work phone. Like this is just yeah, personal yeah. for me. I mainly use it for data. Yeah. Well, another plus on this is that there's not exactly a termination fee either. There is no termination fee. So if you don't want to continue to use the service, you just stop paying and you know, that's basically it. So now one thing I do wonder, um, you know, I'm one of those crazy people that, um, ported my number over to Google voice. Yeah. Um, so I had a Google. cell phone with sprint. Mm-hmm. I moved it. I paid, you know, just like switching from Sprint to Verizon, I had them move that cell phone number to Google Voice. So yeah. now people yeah. can call me. Um, it'll hit Hangouts. Uh, if you text me, it goes into Hangouts. Yeah. It, there's not really any information about, you know, that. Well, it does say, let me see if I can find the line here, but it says, uh, I didn't, I didn't listen here, but there is going to be most Google Voice numbers will work. It didn't say all, but one of the lines on the Project Fi website did say that most Google Voice numbers will work with this. So, Okay, that's good because I, I saw something that said, can I bring my number to Project Fi? And they said, oh, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that Google has a tendency sometimes. Like they, yeah. the integration of their services is really good except yeah. when it's not. And when it's not, like it's it's like ridiculously yeah. not integrated. The other cave- yeah, the other caveat is if they – discontinue a service <laughs> abruptly. <laughs> so that, that'd be other thing here. So it looks like they're all in on this, but you know, time will tell whether or not this is something that is a successful and B uh, has legs. If it continues on. Do you see this speaking of, you know, yeah. how Google operates, do you see this merging eventually with hangouts? Um, I don't see it replacing it per se or merging with it, but I think they're going to use hangouts with it as, as much as possible for voice and text and SMS integration and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's going to like replace it or just be a part of it. it. I think Hangouts will actually the other way around will be a service heavily integrated into this project five. So that's the way I look at it at least. Interesting. All right. Now you had another story in here about, you know, it was also talking about project Fi. And I'm looking for it's how do the Project Fi prices compare to other, you know, to the major U.S. carriers? What's the uh, what's the scoop on that, Nick? Yeah, I didn't get to 
uh, fully compare those, but I did want to at least throw in the article so that others that visit the, Act of the, the Attack of the Androids website, they can take a look at all of our links and they, they can see it. But it's comparable, but from what I'm getting on Google Plus from a number of the people that I, that I follow is that it's not the best bang for buck in terms of price uh, compared to some of the other prepaid plans, particularly in some of the other countries like India or I want to say Romania, but it's not Romania. It's another European country in that, in that area that they have like much lower data rates, like per, like per, uh, like this is like $10 per gig, but there are others that are like $4, you know, $4 per gig or $2 per gig in other countries, you know, so the the data isn't the data pricing isn't the best and the prepaid plan is fairly low compared to other prepaid plans but i'm not sure it's a it's a home run compared to others so well let's let's look at the base so 20 bucks yeah plus 10 yeah. so you know just comparing it as 1 gigabyte um you know that's 30 bucks for um this new project fi um and it's unlimited talk and text I believe, yeah? Yes. Okay. So unlimited talk and text, one gigabyte. Uh, if you do that on T-Mobile, you're looking at 50 bucks a month. If you do it on AT&T, you're looking at 50. Yeah. Uh, Verizon's 55. And Sprint, you're looking at 60. Yeah. So, Well, for someone like me, like I just took a look at my phone. I'm not sure if it'll show on screen, but it's 99 megabytes, and I'm already halfway through April. So like for someone like me who apparently averages maybe 200 megabytes per month because most of my usage is on wi-fi in terms of data um i could probably do 30 dollars a month easily with with something like that and having the advantage of of toggling between t-mobile and sprint based on which has the best signal or if you're at the house you, you would just immediately use wi-fi and that would mm-hmm. take precedence over the other signals so you can save a lot of data simply by having wi-fi as, as a good option so for your phone calls etc so you know, one quick one quick correction. So with Sprint, it's sixty dollars a month, but that is unlimited four mm. G yeah, yeah. LTE. So if you're you know, if you're looking at if you're you know, if you like to stream like Spotify, that sort of stuff, and you're going to hit um what would that be? I guess four gigabytes. Yeah, four gigabytes on a project five. Yeah. Unless there's coverage issues, you're probably better off just going with Sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Sprint and T-Mobile are generally, generally a little bit more competitive. That's because their networks aren't technically quite as robust as Verizon and ATTs, for example, although they're relatively close. It depends on area and the area that you're in, et cetera. So. Well, they, uh, one, one disadvantage, they will not pay your early termination fees. They, so unlike a lot of the other carriers, yeah. um, you know, Particularly you either T-Mobile. need to be out of contract. Yeah. Yeah, T-Mobile will do it. Uh, I think Sprint does it too. Yeah, T-Mobile um, has their own website that's like, I uh, forget the domain, but it's basically you go to the website and you can have it take over, you know, you know the termination fees, et cetera. So, yeah. Well, uh, it's it's good stuff. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see more. I Like I said, I requested an invite. Yeah. Hopefully I hear back soon and uh, I'll pop that sucker in my Moto X and see what happens. Yeah. So, the poten- so the key thing here is the potential is there. It's another avenue for people to get cellular service as opposed to some other carrier that they're with or it's an alternative prepaid plan. Maybe they're not happy with the current prepaid plan. You know, most other MVNOs only use one network. Republic Wireless is one of your exceptions where 
they're not quite an MVNO, but they use, I think they also use the same two networks, but they use Sprint. I don't know that they use T-Mobile. Yeah. I'll have to look up on that. I, my memory is fuzzy on Republic wireless, but, uh, I, it's another option and it does, won't hurt to try it out. And we'll see, I'm sure all future Nexus phones will have this option and other competitors, you know, other companies that have phones would probably have the same thing. So, Very good. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about the Samsung Galaxy S6? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I threw a couple of stories in here. Uh, the S6, you know, sh- we know as Shane's... Uh, you know, ultimate Uber phone that he loves. We'll have to get him back on to uh, discuss that once he gets it. Um, but uh, two small stories this week about that. The first, uh, the S6 finally has support for custom recoveries. Um, yeah, you know, twerp. Twerp, yeah. which is which is very interesting. I mean, it's, as of late, and it could just be that I'm out of the scene, um, you know, things like this don't, they're not as newsworthy as when we yeah. first started. Um, but I think it's still very important, uh, having a custom recovery, um, if folks don't know, like this, this is something that, you know, when you turn the phone on, you can go into recovery. It's prior to the operating system loading up. And if you have a custom recovery, you can do some really cool stuff, like full backups of your phone. Um, sometimes you can fix, uh, issues. You use the recovery to apply updates. Um, so having, having access to something like twerp, which is uh, quite a bit more robust than the default recovery, is uh, is pretty cool. Now, one one negative thing. So I I started looking into this. Um, you can load it through Odin, which Odin is the Samsung. It's sort of like a. It's like keys, right? But yeah, it's like PC. Keys. Okay. It's like a maintenance ish type. It, like it's a little more it's a little more technical than keys. Because um, like, keys, you can do a lot of consumerish things. Um, Odin is, I imagine Odin as, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the application that you take your phone into the store and it's screwed up and they take it in the back. Um, <laughs> they, they hook it up to Odin. <laughs> so, uh, you can load this via Odin, um, manually, uh, using a computer. Um, if you're rooted, you can, you can just load it, um, using the twerp manager app from the Google play store. Uh, but honestly, I looked, I couldn't you know an xda i didn't really see much activity going on in their uh in their forum uh, as far as like how to root this thing they, maybe they're only focusing on the the most popular phones maybe they're having to focus on those i don't know yeah it's weird so i i mean at this point it seems like if you have an s6 if you want a custom recovery go out get twerp uh, and I would I would probably just recommend doing it via Odin. It's not that hard. Um, just Google uh, you know Google Odin tutorials. Um, it's it's pretty point and click, and it's not too difficult. Um, maybe just what do you think, Nick? Move on to the next S six yeah. story. Yeah. Cool. All right. So iFixit has a teardown. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you're curious how you're going to repair this thing, um, or if you just like to see. You know the latest phone t- uh, torn apart. Uh, I have a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, it costs um, you nothing to watch other people <laughs> dismantle these things, but it's kind of cool. Like yeah. I've been a, a PC technician for nearly two decades, and I've had to take apart a lot of things. And having, having a service like iFixit or Teardown Guides and stuff like that, those are pretty important, and they they actually help. You know, you get your your stuff fixed or help you fix your stuff. So. 
yeah, they, they tore down the Essex Edge a couple weeks ago. And then this week, or maybe uh, late last week, they tore down the S6. And, uh, you know, they have repairability scores for everything they tear down. So, Yeah, I I totally agree with you. iFixit is amazing. I actually have my little – I have like a little iFixit uh, toolkit. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, if you if you do any of this stuff with phones, like I've I've had multiple people come to me and and want me to like help them tear apart their iPod, their phone, yeah. and like these these kits are outstanding. Um, but if you if you go on the site, you look at the uh, the Galaxy S six teardown. Um, they have a one out of ten scale, like one being like impossible to repair, ten being easiest to repair. The S six scores a four out of ten. Which yeah. is kind of, I mean, it's un, it's disappointing, but it's unsurprising given, uh, yeah. you know, how, how things are put together nowadays. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, and, you know, I thought it would actually be lower, especially after, because I read the teardown and I saw the on their iFixit YouTube channel, the teardown of the S6 Edge. They, they haven't done the S6 yet on YouTube. But I thought it would have actually been lower because everything they had to do, because, you know, there's, you know, there's glass on both sides and you have to like get a spudger or different tools to basically get all in it. And then you have to get a, in some cases, a heat gun. In this case, they didn't have to, but there's adhesive everywhere. And there's, you know, and it's some things are like soldered on and other things are like, I forget the, the name of the technology, but it, it's pretty deep. You know, how, how this is uh, put together and taking it apart is uh, no easy task, but four out of 10 is better than I expected it to get. And, uh, uh, as a point of note, the HTC One M8 and M9 both scored a two out of ten, so those are even more difficult. So that says something about it. But yeah, you can see there on the pictures there, there's the spudger they used to separate the uh, the panel from the from the frame, and they had to do it on both ends. In fact, the edge was even worse because that glass that covers uh, the screen, you know, it being curved, that's harder to actually take apart, and they actually tore part of the screen unintentionally in, in removing it. So, but yeah, these are pretty tough to, to disassemble. I mean, look, look at this. Okay. Yeah. So that is, that's a heat pack. The point of this is to sort of melt and get that glue. Yeah. It's a glass pack, get that glue all gooey. And yeah. then it's like, you're scaling a wall, you're Spider-Man or something. And you have your little, yeah. you know, suction cup and your <laughs> guitar pick. Yeah. Like if if you're having to do this to your phone, you're screwed. Yeah. Like this is not good. <laughs> yeah. If if the glass is damaged and you want to replace it, it's going to be heck hellish, <laughs> essentially, to get that. And there's a circuit board and all the different wires that are either soldered on or you know connected. Pretty uh, pretty difficult to to get those off there. So. Yeah, I will say that if you're if you're if the glass back is broken, I would probably feel much better about this because yeah. uh, they they say in there, and I'm gonna take the screen share down. They say in their um in their wrap up that um, you know, probably the uh the hardest part of removing that back is not breaking the glass. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, that is uh. The whole thing just makes me anxious thinking about it, um, but uh, you know, good for iFixit. Um, yeah. Definitely recommend going over there. But if you have a phone, if you have any device, yeah. they've torn it down, guaranteed. Yeah. 
Oh, one thing I want to mention, and we didn't include it in the notes, but but I'll do it after yeah. the show. But there was a, uh, all right. So there's a YouTube channel uh, and website called Phone Buff. Uh, I've started calling them Phone Scuff because what they do is they do drop tests like a lot of these other sites, like Android Authority. But what they started introducing in the last month was a machine that has been specifically designed for drop tests, where you have a phone or whatever, and it holds it a certain way, and then they do drop it like six times, and so they basically destroy these phones. But so they they drop the <laughs> S six, the Galaxy S six, and uh, because it has glass on both sides, it was just glass everywhere and just. It was not pretty. So the, the S6 is not as durable as previous Galaxy phones. You know, it is more premium, but it's not more durable. So that's a downside. It's a trade-off. I'll, you know what? I I had an Nexus 4 for the longest time that had glass front, glass back. I never broke it. I don't know about you, Nick, but... I still I, have mine, but it's not broke, but it, it died unceremoniously one day, one morning. It just... It no longer works. I can get it repaired for like 150 by sending it to LG, but I just haven't. But yeah, I still have a glass phone. Fortunately, I haven't shattered it. <laughs> so well, Nick, go to ifixit.com, find the repair kit, do it yourself. That's right. <laughs> that's $150 worth of your time. That's right. Very cool. What do you want to talk about next? Your choice. Do it. Let's see. Okay, actually, there's one thing I wanted to mention, and this caught me off guard because I didn't, I wasn't watching Android News over the weekend, but. Uh, LG's G4 was unceremoniously, I like that word, uh, leaked <laughs> over the weekend <laughs> uh, on a microsite they had that was hosted in, I think, Korea. I'm not sure where it was at. But, uh, was it so, leaked or was it leaked? What well, are we talking about here? Basically, it's a website they had, and, and someone stumbled on a way to, to get to the goods. And basically, all of their announcement information for the G4, including the plastic and leather backs and and uh, all the features that it has, you know, basically was all over the website, including all sorts of high resolution pictures and, and other press material, essentially. And, uh, you know, just for example, so it's got a 5.5 inch quad HD IPS quantum pixel display. It's got a bunch of, I'm not sure the technology, but quantum is in there, <laughs> quantum dots, I guess. Uh, so it's a 25 by 60 uh, by 1440, uh, you know, resolution it's got a 3000 milliamp battery that's removable and it also still has an sd card slot and uh so it's pretty yeah there you go it's it's pretty good looking piece of technology just like the last uh, few phones they've had they have a very high screen to bezel ratio you know very small bezels very large screen so it's very compact display and it's got a 16 megapixel camera that's supposed to be similar if not identical to what's in the Galaxy S6. And uh, it even has an 8 megapixel front-facing uh, sensor, so that's pretty cool. So, And, of course, it's got a variety of colors and two different types of backs. So, is this flat or is this curved? Like That kind of looks curved to me. It does look curved. Back? Um, it does look like there's a slight curve, but I haven't seen anything that specifically mentioned it. They did release a couple phones recently, a couple mid-range phones that have uh, – slider curves and what's on the LG G flex one and two respectively. But uh, it almost looks like that's the case here just from the pictures, but it could be that we're influenced by the, the back coverings and, you know, influencing what it looks like. So what I'm wondering is, are you going to be able to buy these um, 
these backs because it, I mean, removable, the back is removable. It would have awesome. to be. And, you know, that was one of the biggest selling, one of the two biggest sell, selling points of the previous Galaxy phones all the way to the original one is that you could take the back cover off and replace the battery, even get expanded batteries. Like my wife had an S3 and she had a 7,000 something, something uh, battery expansion pack. I don't know what you call it, but it gave her like three times the amount of battery uh, storage, you know, endurance that her S3 had normally. So that could potentially be an option here if, if it's a removable back. So, and that also introduces a market for selling these backs. So there are other companies that would sell third-party back plates for Galaxy phones and other phones that have removable back covers. So that's a plus of the LG G4 is that you could potentially have a other third-party backs you could purchase and use. So, I, I think this looks nice. Um, I, I I still like my my Motorola phone, um, yeah. but LG. I mean, I had I think I had so the Nexus for. I feel like I've had a couple of LG phones recently. Um, yeah. Nexus 5 was an LG phone. Uh, and I've had some pre- previous Optimus LG phones in the past as well. But Well, those were uh, junk. Those were, <laughs> those were junk. <laughs> anything, um, I would say anything Nexus 4 and newer is, yeah. is a decent phone. Yeah. Um, you know, the Nexus 4 is partly what turned things around for LG as well as their, their, uh, their G series phones. So. Dude, not partially. It's totally what turned yeah. it around. Um, I, well, I have to think the other part school. is they stopped selling those Optimus phones. That was the other half. But yeah, go on. <laughs> the other half. Uh, it. I, I think that I think they learned a lot from participating in the Nexus program. Quite honestly, um, even LG, like their, I don't know what they call their skin, but I mean it's so lightly skinned, um, and yeah. it's it's a nice it's a nice phone. Um, so whether this was a leak or a cleverly planted marketing scheme. Uh, I guess we don't know, um, but uh, if I were looking for a new phone, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't rule this one out. It yeah. looks nice. It looks good. I've always personally had a problem with the, with the idea of uh, the buttons being on the back, but you also had like the Moto X, for example, that had the dimple on the back, and the their other Moto phones that they've had. Plus, you know, the Nexus Six have a dimple on the back, and so for a lot of people, they're probably just used to yeah. They're probably just used to having that. So if you're used to using that, you know, that's the thing. If you're just acclimatized to using the buttons back there, I'm sure it's no big deal. And the trade-off is... I'm not sure what to do with my hands often, so (laughs) very nice. Uh, It's like a virtual nipple, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. You went there. That's good. Now we have have a show title. Thank you. That's absence. You've you've provided us one. Someone had to go there, and (laughs) apparently this guy. Awesome. So this, uh, you mentioned it briefly, but the the second link that you threw into the show notes was talking about the um, the camera module. So you said on this, it's a it's sixteen megapixel back, back, eight megapixel front. Yes, and it's supposed to and it's supposed to be a pretty good sixteen megapixel. uh, rear-facing camera. Now, I haven't been able to tell if OIS is included. To me, I would think it's mandatory for LG because their last few flagship phones have all had OIS, even their Nexus 5 uh, had OIS. And it's, it's a good feature, so... I think it's a necessary feature. Um, we, you know, we did direct comparisons between, uh, you know, the Nexus 4 and the Nexus 5, and OIS made a huge difference. Yeah. Like, the 
I, the Nexus 5 camera is not the greatest, yeah. but the Nexus 4 camera is junk. Yeah. And <laughs> like you get that weird thing. You're trying to take a picture and still kind of moving because yeah. everybody shakes a little bit. Um, yeah. OIS is like totally necessary in any modern Plus phone. It eliminates the kind of warping that happens from digital or, or electronic image stabilization where the software is trying to keep things together by distorting the image to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess it's got a, a huge aperture, a 1.8 aperture, yeah. which will let more light in. You know, low light should be better. Yeah. Um, you know, all good things, Nick Carroll. Yeah, all good things. If they have OIS, and that that's that would be that would definitely set it set it apart. Continue to set uh, this line apart from other phones. You know, like the HTC One, the last couple of iterations, the M8 and M9, both have gone without OIS, and it's. It ended up with lower quality images than even the original M7 was able to produce. So, all right, Nick. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit um, and talk about some new, you know, some I call them features. If you're part of the EU, you know, Commission, you might call it things to sue on. Uh, Google has added some more of those uh, to its Google Search, uh, specifically. And we'll kick this one off. Find your lost phone via Google. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, it's and very much is like... This, is this like ahead. I left my phone in the bar? Or is this I can't find my phone in my house? I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But it's it's not as robust as the Android device manager. But you can at least make it ring by saying, you know, okay, Google, I don't want to say anything off of my room or in Do your it. room. <laughs> but, oh, okay, so-and-so. And then you... You know, find okay, my, someone. Yeah, okay. Find my phone. <laughs> it's kind of funny to watch other Android podcasts kind of do the same thing where someone will say something and then someone's phone goes off or whatever. Anyway, so. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to tempt the gods and do this um, and see if I can. Um, okay, so I, I've, I've just searched for find my phone. Yeah. And then it says, you know, it says, okay, uh, searching for your phone. And asks you to sign in for security because we're very security conscious. All right, so it's contacting and it's locating my phone. And it's got a little drop-down menu, so you can, like, pick between. Like, it, it knows your different, um, what do you uh, call it? Like, your uh, different devices. devices. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, and there's a little button that says ring. So uh, let's try this. Ring, ring, ring. Your phone will ring at full, at full volume. Full volume. Holy crap. It works. <laughs> it works. Okay, so it found my phone. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is outstanding. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about this is you can use any other device to find the device you can't find. So let's say one of your kids, well, one of my kids, for example, steals one of my tablets. <laughs> I can find it now, that kind of deal. So it's pretty cool. And you can scare the hell out of them in the process. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I did not expect it to do that that quickly. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. So, yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I, you know, just thinking about this, do you think somebody could take advantage of this to do something nefarious? If they it's not you. calling you, no. like it's not calling you, it's it. Google's obviously sending some sort of message to your phone that says activate the ringer. Yeah, I suppose so. But they would have to have your information. I would imagine so. I don't know, Nick Carroll. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, but. uh 
I mean, Google's stepping up their game. My God. You know, in a way, um, it's kind of cool because you don't necessarily have to load up the Android device manager or log into that website necessarily. You can just, you know, find it that way. So, you know what I did do um, months ago because I, you know, sometimes my other half loses her phone quite a bit. Uh, so I ordered the Stone Tether. Uh, I did the Kickstarter oh, yeah. for the Stone Tether, which was that, that Bluetooth. Um, Technology that you're supposed to be able to detect from, you know, yeah. like a million miles away. Yeah. Um, those haven't shipped yet, but I mean, it may be obsolete by the time it gets here if we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the only, the only benefit to that is that this you need your phone ringer on. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Like for me, I've been interested in getting the Moto Keylink, or at least when I can find one at a decent price, it's sub $50. Where, you know, because like my wife, for example, she'll either use her, lose her phone or her keys, but practically never both. <laughs> so if you have something like that attached to your keys, you can use your phone to find it or vice versa. So uh, mm-hmm. I think something like that, you know, is still pretty cool. And the thing about the program that, that you signed, that you signed up for the uh, Kickstarter you signed up for was that device. Don't they, you, they have like a network of other devices and can't you opt in or something and you can find other people's devices or think of something else. There's I think you're thinking of something else. God, I hope not. <laughs> there's a, there was a similar service advertised. I don't remember the name where you could, you would have that kind of a feature where you have something that finds something else and you could sign up to a service and, but like other people can you, like if someone had a phone that was lost and they were near you, that phone was signed in, you're signed in, they could find it that way. I don't know. I'm, I'm not explaining it well enough, but uh, no, it's, it, it sounds like, uh, I mean, isn't that, that, um, that Google game it's Ingress. Yes, Are you I talking about this? No, <laughs> it's, it's not a game. No, now that would be cool. Like <laughs> find people's phones, get points. It's, That's right. It's like a scavenger hunt. Awesome. So Google is also doing another thing via search. And uh, I, you know, I think we're going to have to live demo this one too, if possible. Uh, you can now send your Google map directions directly yeah. to your phone via search. Yeah, they had something not quite like that, but they had the feature where, like, let's say if you search something, like for me, I was like, how do I get to this location on my desktop at work or whatever? But then I could get on my phone and it would remember the last search that I did for my desktop. But this is like taking it one next level. You could just send that search to your phone or whatever. So, yeah, here, and I'm going to, I will live demo this one. If you're watching the video, you know, just pay attention. So, uh, if we just say send directions, oh my God, my phone's location, where do I want to go? Um, I want to go to IHOP. So uh, how about, do you have an IHOP there in Houston? I'm sure you do. Yes. IHOP near Houston, Texas. So, uh, hey, there we go. And then you just say send directions to my phone. And if you look right up yeah. here, this is what I was talking about. So you have my Moto X and then you have, well, I guess it's only doing my Moto X on this one, but then you just hit send directions to phone, and there it goes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, yeah, I would personally use that that feature a fair bit because I do a little bit of traveling around downtown as well as you know to other places, and I would use that. But for me, what I've resorted to do doing is searching at, at work. And then I would just look in my history, essentially on my phone, to get those directions. So, but this is like one step easier. So, yeah, 
Google making the world a better place one search at a time. Um, they uh, they also they they sent out a little internal memo. Uh, we don't have to talk a lot about this, but uh, Recode um, reposted parts of an internal memo discussing. Uh, I think this was just prior to the EU uh, kicking off their antitrust uh, charges against Google. Um, so in the memo. Google uh, says, you know, they're sort of like making the case to their own people as to why the, uh, you know, them getting sued is, uh, or, you know, being charged is, uh, is BS. Um, the, the first line that Recode had in there that I see is uh, Google saying the competition is just one click away and it's growing. People can use Bing, Yahoo, Quora, which come on. Nobody's using Cora. Stop that. Uh, DuckDuckGo <laughs> and a new wave of search assistants such as Apple, Siri, and Microsoft's Cortana, as well as other specialized services like, and I don't get this, Amazon, Idealo, LeGuide, uh, Expedia, or eBay. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know what Idealo and LeGuide are. I'm guessing maybe those are European <laughs> and they're trying to show that, uh, that there's competition. Um, but uh, they say, in addition, users increasingly turn to social networks like Facebook and Twitter to find news and suggestions where to eat or which movies to watch. So Google's coming out, you know, they're coming out strong, you know, at least to their employees that, you know, they're coming out saying, hey, this is not not it. We didn't do nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're doing business, essentially. And, you know, what the EU is just, in my opinion, doing is finding them for success. You know, they're. They're offering their service and a lot of people are signing up to it and they make up 90% of the European market apparently in terms of online search. You know, that's even more than like the U.S. or Canada or, or most other regions. And so it's, it is kind of weird to see the EU basically saying, we're just going to fine you $6 billion or, and, you know, they're going yeah. through, through the, through the hurdles of suing and, and judgment essentially. But I mean, that's it, six it, Instagrams. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it is kind of crazy that, you know, what they're doing. So it's just in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this, this is $6 billion that Google could use to gobble up, you know, a bunch of nice European companies and yeah. people get payoffs. I mean, it, it, this is, uh, I don't know. This is interesting. I took a look. I didn't really see anything, um, more recent than this. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, Maybe if this heats up a lot, uh, maybe we'll do a like sort of like we did with the Oracle versus Google uh, court case. Maybe we'll do like a special episode just talking about that. Um, but for now, that's all you get. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting sued. Sucks. Yeah. It's and this is going to be one of those things where it takes a long time to go through, like a year or more, maybe even two years for this to even culminate in anything. So yeah, it's, it's just going to be another one of those litigation so yeah so we got like a year's worth of steam ahead of us like attack of the androids isn't going anywhere for at least a year <laughs> well nick you know what else sucks uh youtube coming off no longer being supported on some older google oh, yeah. tv devices yeah it's very sad uh i'm sure aunt pruitt will be upset i believe he still has a like he has a literal google tv yeah like one of the one of the ones that had you know google tv preloaded up front yeah yeah um, so the story is that uh, YouTube or that Google is um, shutting down, I guess, uh, some of its APIs, and those were used in older versions of the YouTube app. 
Um, you know, I'm curious. I, I, I didn't really see, I was trying to look as to like, they had like what devices are affected. Um, I'm curious how many of these TVs that don't have Google TV necessarily, but they have a YouTube app that they've sort of loaded like an in-house. Yeah. Are those going to stop working? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like I've got a, a semi-smart well i'd say it's a smart tv out there in the living room for example and it's got a youtube app i think my yeah my son chris has one of your newer one of the newer samsung smart tv it's got a youtube app but it would be interesting to see if some of these older tvs lose support you know for youtube yeah i mean i don't know what do you what sense do you get i you know my my non-techie friends I don't know of any of them that use the apps that are loaded on the TVs. Like these things just seem like waste, like wasted. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it seemed like features or just something you'd have on a demo in the store. But uh, from time to time, like I've used the one out there, you know, I've tended to rely more on the Chromecast because I can do more with the phone or tablet that I'm using. And plus any of the, uh, the kids or my wife, you know, can, can use that. But, you know, I've used it sometime, but I would say that if somehow it magically stopped working, it wouldn't affect me at least. So, but I've got yeah. a litany of devices. So, well, and I have to think. I mean, these these companies could like if you have a Sony, like I I actually have a Sony TV that I bought in 2012. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's hanging right above here. I use it as another <laughs> monitor. Cool. Um, I I'll have to check that out. I wonder if it if it's going to stop working. Yeah. Um, and you know, if it does, Sony can push out updates. Yeah, I, I've only seen them do it once. Uh, yeah, and, to where they, I turned the TV on and it said, "You have an update for your TV," and I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, if you think about it, you have to have a TV that's smart enough to be able to update itself. Like it has wireless access, you know, it's on the network, and therefore it can do that. But some of your older, a lot of other TVs, there's no way to do a firmware upgrade easily. So, yeah, it's like you know, download to this USB stick, put it in your TV yeah. service port. Like this is not. And reboot, <laughs> essentially reboot the TV, and if you're lucky, it'll actually upgrade. So, so weird. All righty. Uh, so that is that. I guess uh, you're screwed. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks. Um, you know, you're also screwed if you wanted to pick up that 500 gigabyte uh, oh, yeah. NVIDIA Shield console. Yeah. How depressing that, is that, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? It's like, oh, by the way, here's an NVIDIA Shield with 500 gigs of storage. Oh, but it's not for you unless you're a developer. So, yeah. Dude, I'll I'll say I'm a developer. Why not? <laughs> like, I sure, of course I'm a developer. Can I can I get this? Yeah. Um, so the NVIDIA Shield console, like Nick and I, and not Nick, uh, Shane and I uh, geeked out. Yeah. over this thing when it got announced. Um, you know, powerhouse, uh, nice Tigra, I think, K1 processor, uh, 4K output. Uh, this thing looks like a beast. Un- unfortunately, NVIDIA sucks, and you still can't pre-order the thing, even though it comes out, I think, next month. Um, but uh, they updated their site. NVIDIA, you know, it, it has 16 gigabytes, but it has uh, expandable memory. Um, for $199. Well, NVIDIA, some, some, somebody accidentally put the, uh, the SKU on the website, uh, also offering a $299, 500 gigabyte option and swiftly took it down. (laughs) I mean, that's disappointing. It it shows, I mean, it shows you that they're, they're probably doing this at cost. 
yeah. or close to cost yeah. um, because they want people to develop for the platform. But I mean, it really shows you how much these people are gouging us on storage. Yeah. Yeah. It's you like know. you have a phone, you have a phone for with 16 gigs of storage and then you have a phone with 32 gigs of storage. And it was like a hundred dollar difference between them or something like that. And that's kind of, you know, that's just commonplace. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's very depressing for me. However, it's it's possible that I mean, it's possible, however unlikely, that it this is like some sort of like, like some like weird like jerry rigged, uh, you know, Nvidia Shield. Um, yeah, if you guys go out there and you you do a Google search on some of these uh, developer kits, um, you know, for like the Xbox 360 developer kit or the PS4 developer kit, um, these things don't look like the the finished product. Yeah. So this thing could be some like Frankenstein device that it's like, yeah. okay, $209 gets you, you know, this weird box with a USB, you know, yeah. expandable hard drive. Yeah. There's a mechanical three and a half inch <laughs> hard drive glued to the bottom of a, of a box with the, well, you know, that would make sense to me, honestly, because you like, you sort of want, you don't want developers necessarily, um, you know, developing this giant game, this like more than 16 gigabyte game um, on, you know, and assuming that like if it, if it's all on the internal memory of a developer kit, it's going to behave differently. If you have, if you have that versus the game having assets and other things split between, you know, a second device. Yeah. So I, you know, it's, it's probably not, even if we could order, it's probably not what we want. Yeah. But it's what we want. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so, However, still what we want. Yeah. I, I would be interested to see what it looks like. Does it look exactly like like the NVIDIA Shield portable that we know, or is it something else? So, yeah. Well, I guess uh, I will have to wait and see. I check this website at least on a weekly basis for when. And I, I've done that, yeah. like, notify me when it's available thing. Yeah. I don't know, 10 times. Uh, take my money, NVIDIA. <laughs> idiots oh well are you gonna get one nick have you decided uh i'm pretty much not gonna get one at this point i've got a nexus 9 and that's about as much i don't do as much tablet or portable gaming as i may have done 20 years ago so it's for your tv dude yeah you hook it up to the tv yeah you don't I mean, you can you can netflix the hell out of this thing yeah oh well i guess it'll just be me and shane that's fine um see here yahoo uh they're getting you know they're they're throwing their hat into the ring when it comes to uh personal assistance they are going to take on google now siri and cortana with their own little person codenamed index i don't think this is going to do anything for anybody (laughs) yeah yeah yahoo is honestly in my opinion they're trying to become the next Google, ironically. But, uh, you know, Marissa Meyer, she's ahead of it. And it's like they're trying to take as many pages out of the Google Playbook as possible. You know, they've reskinned their site. You know, they they offer these, you know, YouTube apps. You know, they started paying Firefox to make Firefox use them as their primary search engine and all sorts of things like that. So they're trying to find different ways of getting, getting out there and, and turning the tide for them and indexes yet another way they're going to attempt to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how, how good is it? So, 
So there, I mean, there's a couple ways this can go. Um, it, you know, Siri is built on technology from Nuance, which is a great company. Uh, Google has been doing this sort of thing for years. So that's how they, how they, you know, were able yeah. to do a good job. I don't know what Cortana is built on, honestly. Um, do you, Nick, do you know what, what the underlying technology is for Cortana? Um, the name escapes me and I'm not sure if it's the right name, but I would say offhand, no, but, okay. uh, but I mean, the Yahoo, the success of this, I mean, uh, I, it's not going to be successful. I'm going to stake in the ground. This thing's going to flop. Nobody's going to use it. It's going to suck. However, the quality of the search results uh, is going to be highly dependent on, on you know, where the technology came from. Um, it concerns me a little bit. If you read the Business Insider article that is linked to in the uh, – it will be linked to in the show notes um, – if you look at that article, uh, they have a quote here. Or, I'm sorry, it's not a quote. It just says, uh, advertising engineers are already involved in the project. So it's likely that the product will be ad supported because that's what people want. Yeah. It's like, you know, index, I'm hungry. Well, this, you know, your meal is brought to you by Pizza Hut. Please make yeah. a left. Like this is, this is not going to work. Um, huge failure. Yeah. I mean, the only upside to, to this is that it's yet more competition in this search space, but they haven't been successful with search. <laughs> you know, they, they lost out to Google. And uh, so I don't know. They don't even do their own search anymore, do they? Isn't that yeah. all based on Bing still? Yeah, they, they partnered with Microsoft and now all the results are powered by Bing. So the interesting thing to, to me is how will index differentiate itself from Cortana because Cortana uses being for its search results. So it's yeah. going to be Cortana. It's going to be the exact same thing. Index we've taken Cortana. We've skinned it with index. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen the new, hold on. Have you seen the new Avengers movie? I just saw that last night. Oh no, I will be seeing it, uh, this upcoming weekend. So, okay. I, I won't spoil it for no. you, but I want you to think about this story and I want you to think about Yahoo and Microsoft mm. and how index is going to just be, Cortana, and then watch the movie and get back with me. You'll get yeah. you'll get the connection. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> decent movie, I will say. Decent, but uh, you know, I think you could tell Joss Whedon was uh, maybe done with the Avengers. Hmm. So uh, I don't know. That sucks. Um, uh, just a couple more stories. Uh, Acer. Acer is going to be releasing a a challenger to the NVIDIA Shield tablet. Uh, I don't think it has a name, but it's going to take on their Predator line. Yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll call it the Predator tablet. But yeah, that's that's what they're what they announced it with is they have Predator desktops, gaming series desktops, and it's uh, not not an attractive tablet from the pictures that I've seen. I mean, it's a it's aggressive, but uh, I mean, it looks more like a toy than a tablet. And that's the only thing that I'm not a fan of. It looks like <laughs> Did you just say it's aggressive, <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> I love it. And that is the best way to describe this tablet. That's aggressive as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that piece of crap. Yeah. My tablet will beat up your tablet is basically what that is telling me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Look, look at this. those. Yeah. That's it has what feet. Yes. Red feet. So red, feet red ears. This is probably not going to be fun to hold on to. Maybe it's grippy, but 
man, look at that. <laughs> you don't say, Jesus Christ, the bezels on this thing. That looks that like something you would, <laughs> it looks like something you would uh, see in a movie, you know, like Star Trek or one of those kind of deals. It's like, <laughs> This looks like the thing that they pull out of the alien spaceship to destroy yeah. the other alien spaceships. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I've got God, the obelisk or whatever. Ugh. Oh, holy shit. Um, well, uh, cool. We Do we know any specs on this yet or is it nah, just like – I wasn't able I, – I did some searches. I wasn't able to, to find anything on it. I mean I'm sure they'll have an announcement soon. I thought I read somewhere that it, like it's scheduled for – maybe Q4 of this year. So it's not out now. It's not a, like a Q2, Q3 kind of item, but look out for it. It'll be on the hunt soon, I guess. <laughs> yes. Watch for us. Um, yeah. I've, oh, cool. I don't know that this is going to necessarily compete with the Nvidia shield. Cause it, I mean, let's, let's compare like, doesn't look like crap. <laughs> Looks like crap. Yeah. I'd be embarrassed to have something like that. I it, companies like this. I mean, I guess it's it's good to have. It's good to cater to all markets. But I mean, do you even see? You know, talk to your sixteen-year-old son. He plays games. Like, does he look at this and say, "Ooh, that's sexy, Dad"? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that would interest him per se. And you know what? This could just be a way of gauging reaction. Maybe that's a prototype shell and they're like let's see if people like it and if they don't well let's go with something else so the yeah, final it, it product like snaps off like, yeah like oh let's take this <laughs> so we may never see this in production in the real world so we'll see we can only hope lest my eyes bleed <laughs> um okay man uh last story of the night uh we we love google keep on attack of the androids i yes. i dare dare i say that it is the official note-taking app of attack of the androids <laughs> yes um uh you can now browse your notes on google keep uh from google keep on your android wear device how yeah. exciting is that to me that that is actually a more more of a selling point for getting an android wear device because i use keep for everything i'm constantly making notes like if i'm at work and i think of something for class i'll jot it down in a note and then i'll go to class and i'll pull up keep there and use that to ask the instructor questions or, or whatever. So, I mean, I use the heck out of it myself. So if in theory I had a watch, you know, an Android wear watch and I could browse through the notes that I jotted down without having to bring out my phone, that would be appealing to me. So it's good that they're continuing to add these kind of features, you know, to this platform. So, yeah, I think it's good. So we have some, some mock-ups here. You can scroll through like, oh, my God, I, I picked up the bread. I forgot to pick up the brie. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you can download the APK now, but I will say that I, w I mean, I had the update. Um, I mean, it was I think it was last night. Like mm -hmm. it's already being pushed out. If you have um, if you have uh, Google Keep, you probably already have support for this. Mm -hmm. um, now, we didn't get to talk about it uh, last week. Um However, uh, there's some good sales going on. I mean, I don't think they're going on anymore, but like they sort of like how we see with phones, like you'll get like a one day sale where the phone's, you know, really cheap. We're seeing this with the Moto 360, which might be a precursor to them releasing uh, maybe like a the Moto, Moto 720. <laughs> yeah, a Moto 720. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's just they're going to take a page out of the micro, uh, Microsoft book. It's just going to be the Moto 1. One. The Moto 1 because no one's ever thought of using 
that as a name. Yeah. So I don't know. Like for me, I am very tempted to get a, a, a Moto 360 and something something like a sale on that may actually spur me to grab it. But I may still wait for a second generation product before actually getting an Android Wear device. That's just me personally. I've had enough experience over the decades with first generation hardware and software. I'll, I think I'm going to wait. <laughs> you know, I think it's probably a good idea. Um, the Moto 360 is a nice looking watch. Um but I mean, for me personally, I, I have, I you know, they're not giant, but they're not small. You know, I have I have sort of regular wrists, um, it, and it looked. I mean, I still feel like uh, most of these watches, probably with the exception of the Pebble Steel, mm. just look huge and bulky, yeah. uh, even on my wrist. So, you know, we saw that leak a few shows ago where uh, it discussed, um, you know, you know, where the I, who owns them now, Lenovo, yeah. yeah. The smaller, so, yeah, yeah. Lenovo, the dude had posted, the CEO had posted pictures, and it had the smaller Moto 360. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested maybe in that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, but I kind of want to just, I want to try it on. I want to see, you know, I just want to see how how it all works. Um, however, to get one of these, I think they were on sale for like 160, 165 dollars. Mm. May That's not be a bad deal. Yeah. And, and I could check right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's not that bad. Like, I've, I've gone to Best Buy a few times, and every time I've gone by, I've, I've checked out the Moto 360, and it looks pretty good. I, I've got relatively slender wrists, and uh, to me, it doesn't look too too big on me the way I look at it. But I'm not personally interested in, like, steel bands, per se, because those have never been comfortable for me. But there is also actually a, a Moto 360, like a U- uniband or i forget what it's called it but it's like a singular monoband and that looks pretty good too so yeah i don't know i tried to i tried to keep the stories a little wearables light for matt's sake but then matt wasn't here so i guess it doesn't matter oh well well nick I i think that's it that's it for attack of the androids this week we're done what's going on with in your life for the for the next seven six seven days (laughs) <laughs> well, mostly studying. I've got uh, finals coming up, so I'm taking a networking troubleshooting class. So I've mostly been prepping for that. So unfortunately, my YouTube channel, uh, I haven't been able to produce a lot of videos for that. But once uh, I take the final, I'll actually be able to put more into my, my personal channel. So, But for me, it's really just studying at this point. So, Well, Nick, maybe you take that network troubleshooting class. You apply for a job at Google. Yeah, and you help fix all these weird hangouts things we're having. Yeah, you know, folks, I we had the I think I mentioned this or Matt mentioned this on the last show. Like hangouts just does some weird stuff. Yeah, and it did it to us again. This, yeah. you know, Nick had to restart his computer. Um, so you know, Googlers, if you're listening, if you're out there, please fix this. We like using hangouts. Well, as for me, um, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I'm heading to uh, Gay Paris uh, to uh, to meet my sister-in-law. <laughs> we could only we could only convince her and her husband to come out and visit us if we promise to meet them in Europe. So I guess that's happening. I guess that's um, a compromise. But, yeah, it's a compromise. I holy crap! This Europe is expensive, and let me tell you, Airbnb is the best thing to happen ever <laughs> because when you're looking, when you're comparing, and it's like. 
you know, $350 a night for a hotel or $100 a night for an, somebody's apartment, it's an easy choice. Um, but uh, I guess don't you worry, folks, and don't you worry, Nick, because I'm going to – I'll still be back. I'm bringing my mic with me. Yay. It's all good. Yay. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we will talk to you later. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. You can join us every week at www.attackoftheandroids.com slash live.